Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, I'll worship Your holy
Still my soul will sing your praise unending Sunday the 18th of April. It's a real privilege to welcome you into this time and to this space as we worship together. And we welcome you whether you are a neighbour with us here in Bonesse, uh, whether you're a member or whether you're further afield, whether you are someone who has worshipped with us like this online for months now, or whether this is the first time you've found us. Whether you have worshipped with us in person in our sanctuary or whether you've just joined us in these days, please know that you are very welcome and it's a delight to share this space and this time with you. Let's come together and worship. Let us pray. Faithful and loving God, we gather in your presence. Those of us who watch or listen often and those who are here for the first time. Those who are full of faith and those who don't know what we believe. Those who can barely keep from singing and those who can barely face the day. We gather because you have called us, because you love us, because you are our God. We gather not because we are good or holy, but because of our need. We gather knowing that again and again we have failed to live as you would have us live that we have not loved one another, that we have not loved your creation. 
that we have not loved you and we have not loved ourselves. Forgive us, loving God, and renew us to be your people. Make us one and reassure us in our true identity as the children of the one who is above all things. For we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our faithful and forgiving friend. Amen. Thank you, Vary. So we've celebrated Easter. Jesus is risen and we are risen with him. And I wonder, in the two weeks that have passed since Easter, what difference has that knowledge made for us? That Christ is risen and we are risen with him. How has that um, influenced your life over the past couple of weeks? What difference has it made to your life? I'm just going to pause for a couple of moments and play some music and allow you just to think about that and to chat maybe about it with anybody who's next to you and watching this with you. Those things that you've just spoken about or thought about, the ways that your days have been touched by the, the thought of the risen Christ, are those reflected in our daily lives? Most of us are probably joining in here today because we love God and we're thankful for what God has done for us and so we want to worship God. But as worship confined to a Sunday, is that the only day that we do it for this time that we're together on a Sunday? Because I suppose the question I'm asking is, what if we lived our whole lives in worship to God? Let's hear our reading. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 to 13. If I could speak all the languages of earth and angels, but didn't love others, I would be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to, I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, and is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now, now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when, when the full understanding comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. 
when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly, as in a cloudy mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know is now partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope and love. And the greatest of these is love. Thank you, Ewan. Today sees us finishing off our series about love, about what it means to not just follow Jesus' teachings, but to follow Jesus' example in what it means to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, and to love your neighbour as yourself. And now we've just heard probably the most well-known passage of scripture on the topic of love. Those words from Paul on what love is, of how it's patient and kind, how it doesn't envy or boast, it isn't proud or self-seeking, it's not rude or easily angered, and of how love keeps no record of wrongs and rejoices with the truth. Of how it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres and never fails. Beautiful words, which will be very familiar to most of us, I'm sure. Many of us particularly will have heard them at weddings. But it's funny, Paul's not delivering this message at a wedding. He's not giving advice to a, a young couple full of hope for the future, setting out in their first steps of married life or romance. Paul's not even talking about romantic love here. For Paul, this whole chapter is life. It's what our whole lives, as we live them each day in Christ, for Paul are to look like. This is what it means to live in love. He begins that passage pointing out that without love, he is nothing. He can have a tongue that speaks like angels, he can have the gift of prophecy and know all kinds of things. He can have faith that moves mountains. But that, all of that without love, none of it is enough. It's not enough just to have faith. Our faith has to translate into action. It's not enough just to know about God's love and to believe in God's love. That love has to transform our being and our whole lives. That love is to come out in our action because God's mission is to transform all lives touched by that love. We very often think of worship as this thing that we do in church on a Sunday morning. Oh well, whenever you watch this video, I suppose these days it's not limited to a Sunday morning anymore. But worship is so much more. It's not about singing love songs to God in our hymns. It's, not, it, it's about living our lives, our whole lives, as a song to God. Proclaiming his glory. And by that I mean reflecting all that God is. And if you remember back at the beginning of this um, season in love, we reflected that scripture tells us that God is love. And so if, we remember, if we're reflecting all that God is, then we're reflecting God's love. 
And so for Paul, we are mirrors, reflecting that love, reflecting God. And if we aren't reflecting love in our lives, then we might as well do nothing. Worship is about shouting about what gives our lives meaning. It's about what and who our lives speak of. For the thing that we worship becomes the very centre of our lives. What we choose to worship becomes our universe. And we choose to love above all and, and what we choose to love above all others provides the context, the environment, the laws, the energy, and the matter that ultimately defines the nature of our movement about the things that we orbit. Love expressed in worship, lived out in the context of our daily lives, is to allow that one love, that one chief commitment of our will to permeate and flavour all of our being. Because whatever we choose to worship controls the narrative, if we think about it, of our story. It tells us who the story is about. Remember, we're created in God's image. We're created to tell God's story. The story of a God who loves us. The story of a God who went to the cross and died for us and rose again for us and gives us life. Often though, we don't want that responsibility. Maybe because we don't feel good enough. We feel we might fail or we can't live up to that role. Or maybe we feel that others, like maybe the minister or somebody else that is more divinely called to speak of God. Or that there has to be a particular type or style of worship that speaks more of God than any other. And so we push, we push that image onto something or someone else, thinking it's their job. We don't want it. We don't want that responsibility. And yet, in our lives, we are called, our lives are called to be living adjectives, doing words of God, describing words, sorry. Oh, I need to go back to English. Um, living uh, adjectives, describing words of God. Would God, could someone describe God by looking at your life? Both together, corporately as the church, as the body of Christ, the community of faith, and as individuals in our private lives, we're called, as the writer Bernard Manning puts it, to be known as a community of professional lovers. Is that how folk looking at our community of faith, our church family, at us as individual parts of that would describe us. Being called to love, to live our lives in love, isn't about giving chocolates or flowers or romantic gestures. It's about being. It's about seeking to allow our lives, ourselves, our own identity to be the container for the image of another. And I'm going to say that again. Living our lives in love is about allowing yourself to be the container for an image of an other. So whose image is it that we are called to inhabit within us? The divine image, of course. God, made known to us in Christ. Because it's in Christ that we see God among the broken, God among the weary, God among the outcast and the socially unacceptable. 
God ministering to broken humanity, broken reflections of himself. I have a friend who makes mosaics using broken pieces of glass and tiles and mirrors and grout to make beautiful pieces of art. Through his death and resurrection, Jesus brings us into the mosaic of his body. And God becomes the grout between our brokenness, working to transform us into the image he so desires. It's God's work in us. And we're not perfect yet, but we're called to live lives of love, to go out and practice it, even although we're not perfect at it, to go out and do it. And so where do we begin? Well, like all good things, perhaps this begins with us. And it probably begins in the place that we spend most of our time, in our homes. Mother Teresa famously said, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. And so begin there. Begin with discovering what it means and what it takes to actually love the way that Paul talked about in those verses, to love those you live with, to love those that you're connected by blood to, whether we like them or not. Learn to love those that we are called into relationships with, however difficult or easy those relationships are. And then let it spread into all of the other areas and infect all of the other areas of our lives. What might it look like to really sacrificially love your wife or your husband, your partner, your son or your daughter, your parents, your brother or your sister? What might it look like to love the family next door or across the road or over the back fence? What might it look like to love your co-workers or the woman who served you in Tesco or the man who's causing problems at the checkout in front of you? Particularly if we think about the reading that we heard today. What does it mean to love all of those? And remember, you don't have to do it on your own because you're doing it in God's strength.
Let us pray. Before the world began, you loved us. Before you had created us, you loved us. And we, as your people, are thankful for that enduring and abiding love shown again and again down the ages. You have never abandoned us. You have never forgotten us. And we praise you, loving God, for the steadfast love which has always guided us, for the promises which have never faltered, for the light which has lightened our way. For your steadfast love and mercies, we join with one voice and give our thanks. God of love, how wonderful it is to know that you love us, no matter our background. We delight in our Father's love. But we know that this is not the experience of everyone. God of justice, we pray for people who find themselves caught up in conflict. For those navigating difficult relationships and making hard decisions. For those who have experienced discrimination and unfairness. For those caught up in dangerous situations around the world. We pray for people who find themselves on the margins. For those who feel they don't quite fit in or are being left out. For those who don't want others to know they are struggling. For those who can't access the things that we take for granted because of disability or poverty. Break down the barriers. God of peace, we pray for your church and for our parish and our communities. Strengthen and encourage us, Lord, as we settle into new rhythms of life and the easing of some restrictions. We remember those who have suffered and are struggling with the effects of the past year. We keep in mind those who are bereaved. And we pray for those who are trying to return to a new normality and are caught between the two. Bring your kingdom, Lord. And together we say the words Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Thank you, Vary. Um, it's been great to share with you all this morning in worship. And I hope and I pray that something of what we've shared this morning touches you and brings meaning uh, to your journey with God. Please do get in touch if you want to chat over anything that we've been speaking about over these last few weeks or if you're looking for some support. Um, I'm always there at the end of the phone. Uh, I can always go out for a walk with you if it's something, if you want to talk something over. Now that the better weather's coming in, that's happening more and more as I meet with different folk to, to go for a walk and to catch up. So if that's something that um, you feel you would benefit from, then please do get in touch. Uh, but send me an email if you want to chat something over or, or give me a phone. Over these next few weeks, we will be looking at, well, we're already looking at opening the church. We will be open for worship on the morning of the 2nd of May. That will be our first in-person worship since before Christmas. I um, can't believe it's been all those months and the booking for that will open soon. It will be subject to the same restrictions that there were before Christmas. Um, we'll, Kirk Session have decided that we will open once a month to begin with. And so that that's what we'll do. And um, you have to book your place beforehand. We're still restricted in numbers. You still have to sit in the designated seats and, um, and wear a mask and there will be no singing and things like that. So it'll be the same as it was before. We're looking forward to, to making moves to beginning uh, exploring how we do church in person again over these next few months. And um, we'll still be continuing online. So please join us in whatever way you feel most comfortable and able. And so that's, um, that's I think, all I've got. Uh, Vary will be online on Thursday, as usual, in the... the um, Time for tea. If you want to join that chat, then please get in touch and I can send you the Zoom link for that. Um, and so all that's left for me to do is to wish you well. And I pray that as you leave this space, that God goes with you and that you know God and God's love and God's blessing. Father, Son and Holy Spirit, resting upon you, remaining with you, loving you, and journeying with you wherever you go, spreading seeds of love on the journey. Amen. <laughs>